Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Astronomy is a great hobby if you're an insomniac. Let's face it, there's not much else to do at 3am, and if you're going to be staring aimlessly at the ceiling, or inside of your own eyelids anyway, why not try staring at something that's actually halfway interesting? At least, that's what I said to convince myself that lying on my back in my backyard every night for an hour or more was a productive use of my time, and not a flashing red warning sign for my mental state. In truth, what I was doing wasn't astronomy in the traditional sense. Hell, I don't even know the name of the constellations beyond the Big Dipper. I did buy a cheap telescope after a month or so of doing it, but after a few half-hearted attempts of getting the focus right, it's been gathering dust in my garage. Besides, I've always thought of myself more of a big picture guy. See, I've always had this weird, mostly useless talent for seeing order in chaos. Remember those spy picture books from when you were a kid? You get these big, high-res photos of a bunch of colourful trinkets scattered on a neutral background, or maybe some highly detailed miniature landscape, and you'd have to locate a laundry list of objects hidden in the mess. I always seemed to have a knack for opening those up, taking a glance at a page, and within seconds, not only finding the listed items, but mentally cataloguing just about everything in the scene and its position in relation to everything else. Even in seemingly complete chaos, patterns can be found if you know how to look. When you think about it, the night sky on a clear, dark night is really just the same concept on a larger canvas, with less differentiated objects and a constantly, minutely changing landscape. It took me a few nights, but I quickly developed the same, instantaneous mental catalogue. I couldn't tell you what most of those bright points of light were called, but I knew each one, its brightness and quality, its relative position to its neighbours, the infinitesimal change of the big picture night by night, and the much quicker movement of the ever-orbiting planets. All of this to say, when I went out for my usual celestial stare on a motionless night a couple weeks back, from the moment I stepped out through my front door, I immediately registered a minute change in the quality of ambient light, and when I instinctively looked skyward, I immediately catalogued the 12 new points of light, roughly the brightness of Mars, scattered about two fingers width of space between them in the northeast quadrant of the sky. I wasn't overly concerned at first. With my limited knowledge of the finer points of astronomy, I figured this was some easily explainable albeit rare occurrence, like a supernova or a previously undiscovered comet. But I was curious enough to do some googling the next day, during the course of which I found… nothing. No news reports, no press release from NASA, 
no discussion on the stargazing forums I occasionally check. I admit, I even snuck a peek at some conspiracy forums, looking for claims of a cover-up or media blackout of the event. Not even a hint. If I hadn't begun questioning my sanity at that point, I certainly did the next night. I woke up at the usual time to find that not only were those new points of light still there, but they were also ever so slightly, but noticeably brighter. They also seemed to have moved a bit farther apart, so that the entire system took up a larger space in the sky. It was then that I had the bright idea to take a photo. I pulled out my smartphone, aimed it at the new stars, or whatever they were, and my heart sank. Even in the grainy image my phone screen produced, I could more or less clearly see the stars I would usually expect in that position of the sky, but nothing more. Yet, looking up with my naked eye, there they were, brighter than pretty much anything surrounding them. If this was the beginning of my slide into psychosis, it seemed, for the time being, to be limited to a single delusion. I continued going about my days without any other strange occurrences to disturb my usual 9-to-5 existence. It was only at night, when I woke like clockwork to stare at those 12 lights, slowly but surely growing brighter and farther apart, that I experienced my apparent insanity firsthand. As the objects took up increasingly more space in the sky and in my mind, my curiosity morphed into unease, which soon began to taste suspiciously like dread. I had kept my mouth shut in the days following my discovery, until I began to notice the stars in the space between the new lights beginning to dim. When I woke up last weekend to find that those stars were almost completely invisible between their new neighbours, I knew I had to break my silence. If there was even the slightest chance this wasn't in my head, that somehow some massive celestial event was occurring that, for whatever reason, most people couldn't perceive, I had to at least try to get to the bottom of it. So, Monday morning, before I left for work, I visited the most popular astronomy forum I knew of, created a username I was sure nobody would connect back to me, and posted my question. Has anyone noticed any of the new lights in the night sky over the last couple of weeks? I checked back frequently over the course of the day to find the expected comments, mostly no in various forms, peppered with jokes about UFOs, accusations of trolling, and a few suggestions that I seek psychiatric help. It wasn't until I was winding down for the day, about to head home, that I received a notification for a private message. When I read it, I nearly fell out of my chair. Twelve planetesimals between Boötes and Ursa Major? Please tell me you can see them too. I was flooded with relief and dread in equal measure. Great, I'm apparently not insane, but is the alternative any better? I replied immediately, and over the course of the evening, we shared our stories. She was an astrophysics grad student interning at some big observatory in Texas. She noticed the lights just a few days after I did, when she happened to be observing that segment of the sky during some routine work, but she kept it to herself when she realized her co-workers hadn't seemed to notice anything amiss. Since then, she'd been keeping track in her spare time, 
getting a look through the observatory equipment whenever she could and using her own impressive sounding array of home equipment otherwise. She confirmed with scientific rigor what I'd come to expect. They were small planets, or at least planet-like bodies, and they were getting closer. She couldn't account for the fading stars between them, but she'd be getting a chance to spend some time with the observatory's most powerful telescope in a couple of days for her own research, and she invited me to join her. I'm not sure what she thought I'd be able to contribute, but I suspected she just wanted to see with her own eyes that there was someone else sharing this impossible experience. I could certainly relate. So, after trading enough personal details to confirm that neither of us was an axe murderer, I called in a sick day and booked a flight to Waston. I wish I'd stayed home. Honestly, I wish I'd never looked skyward in the first place. I've long accepted that there are some things that can never be fully understood. Now I've seen the other side of that coin. With some things, we're really just better off not seeing the full picture. So, this is where the magic happens, I said, trying to make some sense of the myriad equipment surrounding us. More or less, these won't be of any use to us. Annie, my newfound partner in insanity, waved to a collection of screens. As you found out yourself, these things don't show up when you try to record them indirectly. For whatever reason, it's got to be good old-fashioned analogue. It was well past midnight, and we had the observatory to ourselves to begin our... Well, I wasn't quite sure what Annie was hoping to achieve that night, if she even knew herself. Just some sort of progress toward understanding this thing, I'd wager. The topmost of the planetesimals, as she insisted on calling them, had already risen above the horizon when we arrived, so we wouldn't be waiting long to begin our observations. Over cups of overbrewed folgers, we got to talking more about our experiences while we waited. I mentioned my uncanny and generally useless knack for pattern finding. You know, you'd be surprised. That sort of thing could be really helpful in my line of work, she said. If you're interested, you should look into going back to school for it. Well, that is if... She trailed off, but I got the gist. The elephant in the room. If this thing is really physically happening. But what does that mean for us puny humans? A rock the size of a city probably killed off all dinosaurs, so a dozen planets, assuming that's what they are, could probably do far worse just by getting a bit too close to Earth. I decided to change the subject. Is that what got you into astronomy? I'd imagine that's a common talent around here, if it's so useful. On the contrary, I was always terrible at puzzles and where's Waldo and that sort of thing, she said, a wistful look coming to her face. No, I know this sounds like woo-woo, but I've always just felt a connection with the cosmos. Like, I'd look up at the night sky as a kid and i get this intense sensation, like I could feel the radiation coming off of those distant stars. She sipped a coffee absently, clearly lost in thought. When I got my first scope, I'd just pick a star, focus on it, and stare at it for, Jesus, hours sometimes, trying to memorize its luminosity, its color, to understand it as fully as I could. She shook her head, coming out of a daze and clearly a bit embarrassed. Yeah, anyway, I knew I wanted to be an astrophysicist ever since.
So, here I am. I'm not sure what exactly is in store for us. Me, Annie, the entire human race. But even in a best case scenario, it pains me to know that, after what we saw, Annie will never be able to look skyward in the same way again, with wonder and amazement, not horror. Annie glanced at her watch. Well, it's just about time. You ready to get up close and personal with these things? I guess so. Here's hoping we get to the bottom of this, I said, raising my coffee cup in a mock toast and not sounding particularly hopeful. Well, if my calculations are correct, and assuming that these are actually planetesimals, we should be able to make out some surface features tonight. I felt a surge of adrenaline at the thought, and not a very pleasant one. I hate to admit, I hadn't considered that. What would we see on these things? Mountains? Oceans? Signs of life even? The possibilities were endless. While I ruminated, she walked purposefully over to a complicated looking console surrounding a binocular viewfinder and began expertly fiddling with a dozen buttons and toggles, a virtuoso at a stellar Steinway. As she worked, I heard a mechanical whirring above her heads, presumably the telescope moving into place. Okay, local time is 2.46 local. I am commencing observation with a northeasternmost body, which will be temporarily labeling Object Alpha. I figured she was talking directly to me, until I noticed the audio recorder she had placed on the edge of the console. Taking detailed notes, even on a phenomenon barely anyone could see, and exactly nobody could even begin to explain. Scientists. Hmm, surface features are definitely coming into view. Let me just find you in the focus a bit. A small whir. Well, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wouldn't have guessed this. The object does appear to be planetesimal, though I'm not even sure how this is physically possible. She paused, took a swig of now lukewarm coffee and rubbed her eyes, though I'm sure her vision wasn't the problem. Yes, the surface appears to consist of an unmarred, highly albedo material, surrounding a crater of some sort, though the crater is, well, it's a perfect circle, and does not appear to be reflecting any light though for reasons stated in previous sessions, I can't use proper instrumentation to confirm that. Here, come take a look at this. She switched the recorder off and gestured at me. I peered into the viewfinder. Her description was pretty much spot on. A thick, featureless, silvery white ring surrounded a circle of pure black. Even without any scientific expertise, it was easy to see why the inner circle was so strange. How deep would a crater need to be to reflect zero light? Then again, was it really any stranger than planets appearing out of nowhere that only two people could see? We spent the next half hour or so zooming from object to object, with Annie carefully recording her observations. Each one was more or less the same. Bright, almost shiny outer ring big black circle crater. On some, the celestial feature was much larger, reducing the outer ring to a thin halo. On others, it was small, almost a pinprick against the luminescent surface, though no less pitch black. One appeared to have almost indiscernible thin squiggles of dark red 
radiating here and there from the central circle. Annie speculated that these might be lava flows of some sort, though noting that the resolution at this distance was still too low to make any meaningful conclusions. As we progressed, Annie falling into a workman-like rhythm, pausing only to kindly offer me the viewfinder at each object, I began to feel an unpleasant sensation gnawing at the edge of my consciousness. You probably know what I'm talking about. It's a bit like when a word is at the tip of your tongue, or when you're struggling to remember what you were talking about before being rudely interrupted. It's the feeling I get momentarily while first gazing at a particularly detailed one of those I spy puzzles, and on those very first few nights of stargazing. Okay, last but not least, one more view before we shut down for the evening. This has certainly been intriguing, if inconclusive, Annie said with more than a touch of disappointment. After all, as strange as the objects were in close-up, we were seemingly no closer to determining what it all meant. Zooming out for a full system view, a short whir, and here we are. Nothing much new here, though you can just make out the central crater-like features on objects Alpha, Eta, Iota, and Lambda. She gestured for me to take the viewfinder once again while she continued to dictate. I gazed once more upon that impossible pattern etched into the night sky and in my brain. Only this time, something finally clicked. The pattern in the picture, the order in the chaos. The apparent effects of the system on the surrounding interstellar medium remains a total mystery, perhaps some gravitational lensing, and his now monotone words faded from my perception, replaced by a buzzing whir, echoing in my skull. I had seen it. It was so glaringly, impossibly, horrifically obvious. Annie? I barely whispered, the contours of darkness surrounding the object, obscuring all behind it, the massive, inexplicably black circles in the fields of smooth white. Even in some inexplicable way, the notion of it appearing out of nowhere and nothing, visible only to those somehow attuned to see it. It all made sense. It was altogether senseless. Annie? I repeated, louder this time, though with considerable effort, my vision blurring, my body filled with pins and needles, that noise in my head, whirr, sticking around, maybe for good. For all the data I've collected so far, I'm unfortunately no closer to identifying the origin of these planets. Hmm? What's up? She turned to meet my eyes, an expression of professional bemusement giving way to confusion, and just as quickly to deep concern. I looked like I felt, I suppose. Annie, those aren't planets. I choked out. What? What can they be? How do you... They're not planets, I repeated, more forcefully, knowing she'd come to the same terrible, profane epiphany as I had the moment I told her, forcing the words out like bile. They're... Eyes...
Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.